<clears throat> I'd like to begin the instructions uh, this morning by talking a little bit about posture, giving um, a bit of uh, guidance around how to sit. So we want to take a posture that is uh, relatively easeful uh, and at the same time is alert and Helps, helps us to stay uh, attentive and committed, that we don't you know, fall into habitual ways of thinking. So the posture being alert and balanced and stable can really help us. So if we're sitting on the floor, um, it's, it's important to sit on a cushion. So um, if you're not sitting on a cushion, uh, I really suggest that you get one. Yeah, there are some cushions on the side there. Uh, and so the, um, the back should be, the, the buttocks should be elevated a bit higher than the knees. And um, uh, yeah, I would actually suggest a, a little bit more of a cushion, a, a couple of inches, something that's a bit more substantial. Um, there are some zafus, yeah, something like um, these round cushions are called zafus, uh, zen, uh, so the Japanese word, uh, round cushion, and these are called zabatons. So these give us some padding for our knees, uh, and the and the zafu elevates us. And <clears throat> so then, we're placing our knees uh, on the zabuton or, uh, the, or the whatever mat we're using. Uh, if you find that your knees don't easily reach the floor, um, uh, then it's not giving us that stability that we want. Um, and it's placing a lot of tension and stress on the inner thigh and the lower back. So, uh, so two suggestions, two possible uh, ways of working with that if you want to sit cross-legged. Um, one is to put some uh, support under one knee or both knees, which you can see I'm doing here. I have an injury in my hip, and so uh, that, that helps me to not strain uh, the hip joint. And, um, and sometimes both knees need support, and that's possible. Another suggestion that you might try is using a bench. So, um, yeah, so you can see Melody is sitting on a bench, and it's uh, it's actually a really comfortable posture. Um, you tuck your heels under the bench, and um, some people's heels don't uh, kind of go straight, uh, and, and so that can create a stress. And it's uh, then you could put a little bit more cushioning underneath you uh, so that uh, your heels don't feel kind of pushed. Um, so, yeah, so using a bench, you could try that. Yeah, okay. If it's giving you support, that's, that, that looks uh, good. So, so, uh, so a stable base, um, and, uh, which, which helps us to sit with a sense of balance <laughs> and ease. If you're sitting on a chair, then um, it's important that your feet are flat on the floor. So if you find that the, that the chair is a bit high uh, and your feet are kind of not quite reaching the floor, then give your, your feet some support by putting a, a, a little cushion underneath or a rolled up blanket. Um, so, uh, so whether you're sitting on a chair or sitting on the floor. Um, the next part of the posture, which is really important, <coughs> is that we have a straight and energized back. So, uh, so we lift from the base of the spine through the crown of the head. And, um, and that really helps us to, uh, to be alert and to be committed in our posture. Now, I want to say that um, for all of these instructions, <clears throat> we all have our bodies, <laughs> which have their, you know, 
limitations, idiosyncrasies, injuries, uh, wearing down kind of uh, experiences. So we're all we're all working with our bodies as they are, and so we want to you know bring an attitude of kindness to the body and not be you know like having an ideal posture that you know we've got to uh, sit in a in a certain perfect way and and my body is just not doing it so we all have to work with our bodies and find what we're find, trying to find in the posture is stability balance and alertness and so you know these are some uh, ways that we can do that by having you know our knees resting on the on the floor or sitting on a um, meditation bench or sitting on a chair so so uh, if if you if you have the strength in your back, if you're sitting on a chair, not to lean back, you know, into the back of the chair, but to sit a bit forward in the chair so that your back is is free, and and not um, kind of in contact with the chair, or or if it's in contact with the back of the chair, it's not kind of um, just leaning back on it, but that it's self-supporting. That's kind of ideal. And if you find that it's uh, your back has pain and you need to um, kind of give some extra support by leaning into the back of the chair, then that's, that's fine. So it's, it's all in the service of, of uh, being able to sit in our meditation practice without squirming around and shifting and, um, and feeling like we need to uh, change our posture every couple of minutes because, uh, you know, we're just so uncomfortable. Now, once we've... And it, it can take some experimentation. If you're a new meditator, I think it takes a little bit of experimentation, uh, you know, checking out the different equipment that we have, getting some guidance from one of the teachers and, and finding your posture. So, so uh, feel, fe- please feel free to, um, uh, to ask questions uh, or to, you know, stay. I'm going to invite people if they want to stay back after uh, the sitting to get some extra uh, instruction or if you have a question about your posture. So uh, just... But you will eventually find a posture that that works for you, until your body changes and it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> then you have to find another one. Uh, so uh, so this this is life, right? Um, <clears throat> so we do want to find a posture that we can hold pretty much uh, in stillness. Now. In our daily life, um, we're sitting on a couch, maybe, or a chair, having a conversation with somebody, or watching television. We feel a little bit of you know, tightness or achiness in the body, and we don't even think about it. We just shift. Because this is the way uh, body functions. Um, we experience something unpleasant, and, and we want to uh, not experience the unpleasant sensation. We want to get comfortable and feel, um, you know, more neutral or pleasant uh, feeling in the body. And, and so we shift our posture. And, um, and this, this is, you know, okay for uh, daily life. Um, for meditation, it's not supportive because it's a it's a, a a state of unrest that doesn't allow the mind to settle. When the body doesn't settle, when we can't settle in the body and and find a kind of stillness and um, ease, the mind is busy because actually, what's happening in the mind, not consciously perhaps, but What's happening is, is the mind is agitated at feeling unpleasant sensation in the body and um, and wants to shift. So, 
So we, we try to find a comfortable, supportive posture. <clears throat> and we're still going to f- experience unpleasant sensation in meditation. We're still going to feel that we want to shift. We're still going to feel, you know, that, uh, you know, maybe there's a little tightness in the knee or, or stiffness in the back or, you know, a bit of numbness in the bum or uh, whatever. Um, we will feel that we want to shift. And so when mindfulness is there, we'll recognize that there's this impulse to move and, and then we can just check in to the sensations in the body and, and check it out. You know, is this, is this really painful? Is this really, um, can I, do I really need to move? Do I feel like I'm, you know, if I have an injury that I'm making it worse, that it's, you know, it's really doing harm? Or is it just a little uh, kind of tightness, maybe just even bringing awareness to a place in the body like tightness in the shoulder, maybe even that will... Um, let it loosen a little bit. And sometimes we're holding tension unconsciously in the body and bringing that attention to it, that mindful attention. Um, mindfulness is a quality of awareness which is uh, in the present moment and it's non-judging and it's not trying to fix things or or change them. It's just being present with a an accepting attitude, an open, <clears throat> present, accepting attitude to what's arising in awareness. So, um, so maybe we can just be aware of there's this, you know, maybe slightly unpleasant sensation, and we can uh, just be with that and see what happens. Maybe it goes away. Maybe it stays, changes probably change a little bit. <clears throat> so, um, so work with that over those instructions over the next sitting and um, uh, then at the end you know, I'll, I'll open to some questions if you have See how it goes with the sitting, uh, and and then if you have some questions, um, we can uh, you know have a few minutes for that at the end. <clears throat> so uh, what I'd like to go into now is um, is mindfulness with using the breath as the object of attention. <clears throat> the um, the Buddha u- u- would use these um, expressions where he'd he'd kind of compare uh, how what he call would call the noble disciple um, with the untrained um, person. So he would kind of say, well, you know, the untrained person. The, you know, the mind uh, is very busy, is, is driven. So we have many habits of mind, um, habits that, we've, that have developed in our minds over uh, our, our lifetime, from our upbringing, our experiences, the, uh, the culture and society that we live in, our education, our, uh, our family life, all of these habits of mind. Um, and uh, so we have habits of, you know, some of us are planners and we're always planning, you know, thinking about what we need to do. Some of us are, you know, worriers or we're going back over things that happened in the past and ruminating, uh, you know, if only I had done this, or if only I had done that, uh, or or feeling a lot of anxiety 
you know, in the present moment. So, so these, this is, this is normal. This is, you know, the Buddha said, for the untrained mind, this is, this is normal. And then, and then, and then, you know, for the noble disciple, um, we learn to develop the mind. So, um, so what we're doing here is, is training the mind. It's, it's a development of the mind. You know, some of us have learned to develop our bodies, train the body uh, in, you know, to, to be stronger, to be more agile. Uh, some of us have trained our minds to think about things uh, in a certain field, you know, as psychologists, as scientists, as, um, uh, as artists, perhaps, uh, philosophers. There are many ways that we can train the mind. This is to train the mind in awareness. This is to train the mind in, um, in presence, to be present, fully present in our life. And so we train the mind using a meditation object to attend in the present moment. And, uh, and the meditation object, which is most often taught and which the Buddha himself practiced as his regular practice, is mindfulness with breathing. So using the breath as an object means feeling the breath. So just even now as I'm speaking, you know, you could feel the breath in your body. So just notice where you feel it. You feel it perhaps in your nostrils. Uh, you feel it perhaps in, um, in your chest or in your abdomen. So I want to um, just give a little kind of um, caveat here about mindfulness with breathing. Um, <clears throat> so, so some people find, uh, and it's, uh, you know, sometimes people who have um, uh, experienced trauma in their lives, in the body, and uh, that it's that they find that there's a lot of resistance or fear in bringing attention into the body. And so, um, uh, you know, this is something that there's more awareness of in, in recent times in meditation teaching. And, um, and so, uh, it's good to, if, if you find that that's coming up for you, then um, it's good to talk to one of the teachers about it and, and maybe, you know, working out what object of attention that uh, you could use. One, one um, suggestion I could say just about mindfulness of breathing, if you find that um, there's resistance or anxiety about coming into the body, is uh, just keeping your attention right in the nostrils or in the upper lip, just feeling that light touch of the breath on the upper lip. Um, which is quite subtle, or just in the, uh, the flow of air in the nostrils, which um, is one of the traditional places to feel the breath. So I'm going to, in, in, the, in the instruction I'm going to give, I'm going to, to guide to come more into the body, but please feel very free to, to modify that if, uh, as you need to, if you're finding that there's uh, that that creates anxiety or resistance for you, um, and just stay with the breath, just kind of in the forefront, you know, on, on in the nostrils or the upper lip. <clears throat> so so feeling the breath. Um, you know, I talked a little bit, and I'm going to talk more tomorrow about um, pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral feelings. Um, so the breath, if, for most of us, is a, a pretty neutral uh, experience. 
it's not you know really pleasant it's not something we get excited about wow that was the greatest breath I ever had you know or you know that breath was really awful um, so it's pretty neutral uh, we and that that helps us to uh, to just stay very balanced in our attention to it um, not that we would ignore it that's the that's the kind of reactivity around neutral experiences that we tend to ignore them but we're actually cultivating attention around this neutral experience of the breath and um, and we're we're using it as a kind of a home base it's something for our awareness to connect to so we find that the mind is drifting or is pulled away uh, into fantasy or kind of endless inner conversations with ourselves or with some imagined person or we find the mind is planning, planning compulsively all the time and, and then after we planned it, we plan it again, whatever it is and uh, or, you know, we're ruminating over past experiences and you know, with regret, with anger, with sadness, with longing, whatever it is, we were pulled. We're pulled out of just being present here and now, being present in our lives. And so the breath is always present. This breath is always happening right now. And so, um, so it's something that we can make our home. It's, it's always changing, it's always uh, rising and falling, uh, and it's always there. So we can always come back to it. So when we notice that the mind has gotten pulled away, we, we bring it back as a home base to come home to. And we can rest in it. So because it's, it's, it's neutral and, it's, uh, and also because it's rhythmic, it's, it has a, a quality of, of calming. And, and this is very well known, even kind of commonly known. So people have a, make a comment like, uh, okay, just take a few breaths. You know, we've heard that, right? Or, or you know, take a breath and count to ten and... So, so it's um, coming back to our breath helps us to let go of some intense emotional kind of agitation that we've uh, maybe gotten ourselves worked up into. So, um, so we develop that, we cultivate that in our mindfulness of breathing practice. So, so many times during a sitting, we'll notice that the mind has gotten pulled away, and we will kind of let go of that. You know, it's, it's not so easy just to let go of something if you don't have something else to connect to. So, so we're saying, let go of the, you know, the song that's playing in your head or, or the conversation that you're remembering or whatever. Let go of that and connect with the breath. So in a way, it's, it's using the capacity of the mind to hold on to things in a constructive way to retrain it. We're retraining the mind to be in the present moment. I'm saying, just be present with this breath. And the, you know, the, the beautiful thing about the breath is that it's so simple, it's so, um, it's so uh, always in the present, and it's, it's always changing too. So it teaches us about you know, the, the deeper teachings of impermanence, which we're going to get into a bit later on this retreat. Um, and, uh, and it's calming, it's restful.
to rest in the breath. So we can, we can make it our home. And we're going to do that many times to, to let go and come back, let go and come back. And also, in the teaching on mindfulness of breathing, we cultivate a quality of attentiveness which is not only calm, but it's alert. So we have these, uh, these qualities of mind which are part of how the mind develops in meditation. So we're, we're not just kind of resting our attention in the breath in a kind of zoned out way, like, you know, falling into a hammock, you know, letting the mind zone out. But we're actually bringing a precision of attention to the breath. So we're noticing, you know, what's, what's this breath like? And we don't have to use words to talk to ourselves about it. But we're noticing, well, is the breath kind of just coming in short little pants, like short, you know, does it feel tight and, 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 and uh, um, tense? Or does it feel, you know, more relaxed? And, and, and we bring this observation without judging it. So it's not, it's not that we're trying to breathe the perfect breath. We're, we're developing our capacity to be attentive and present. So, um, so what I'm going to do now is offer a little guiding in meditation. We're going to do a bit of just sitting practice and applying these these instructions on on uh, the posture and the breathe, meditation with the breath. I'm going to guide in a little bit for a few minutes, and then we'll sit in silence. Okay, so please take a posture for meditation. <coughs> So feeling the body stable, balanced. As you take your seat, if you're sitting on a cushion, um, you might tilt the pelvis in very slightly um, so that there's a little bit of a curve in the lower back. This helps to support the upper back to be straight. There's a lifting from the base of the spine through the crown of the head. And as we do that, the chin very naturally tucks in a little bit and the base of the skull lifts. So the head is not leaning backward or leaning forward. It's straight and the chin is tucked in like going just very slightly, we're talking a subtle tucking in and lifting of the base of the skull. The eyes can be either closed or open with the gaze soft and down, so the eyes are just partly open, really, or closed. So if you're sleepy, then you might find it helpful to open your eyes just a little bit and let the light in, and if uh, and if you're not, and it can be helpful to your uh, concentration to close the eyes and um, let go of all the visual stimulus. So relax the face, relax the jaw, let the shoulders be straight and, tr- and, and relaxed. Relax inside the chest, bring your attention into the body, feeling inside the chest. Notice if the heart feels tense. And with your breath, just invite it to 
release the tension, even a little bit. Relax the belly. Notice where you feel the breath most easily. And uh, if you can, bring your attention to the breath below the neck, feeling it in the chest or in the belly. I, I encourage you to try that, to get out of your head. We spend so much time in our heads. Just to be more grounded in the body. So feeling the breath in the chest or in the abdomen. Notice the in-breath and the out-breath. Bring a precision, a precision of attention to just the very beginning of each in-breath and notice how each in-breath feels right in the beginning. What is that like? Just the arising of an in-breath. Like we're zooming in on the in-breath, the beginning of the in-breath. Now extend that kind of zooming in attention to the whole in-breath. So the beginning, middle, and end of the in-breath. And now notice what happens at the very end of the in-breath. Is there a pause? Is there just a, an immediate turning into the out-breath? Is there a contraction? Do you find that your body just subtly contracts at the end of the in-breath? What happens? Just in Investigate, be curious about your in-breath. Now let's extend that investigation to the beginning of the out-breath. What happens at the very beginning of the out-breath? How does that feel? Where do you feel it most clearly? What happens right after the beginning, as you go into the middle of the out-breath? And how does it end? How does each out-breath end? 
not all the same. Each one is slightly different. And what happens when the outbreath is finished? Do you find there's a little space, a little opening of time before the next in-breath arises? Just take a moment to inhabit that space between the end of the out-breath and the next in-breath. Sustain your attention from the very beginning of the in-breath, along the middle to the end, then the beginning of the outbreath, along the middle to the end of the outbreath, and the space at the end of the outbreath.
this practice of feeling the whole in-breath and the whole out-breath <clears throat> can be your home base, can be where you begin again, as we begin again so many times in meditation. When you find that you're drawn away into habitual patterns of thinking or fantasizing or remembering or whatever it is, and then you remember. And there's a teacher, Biko Analyo, who says, remember sati, remember mindfulness. And sati is our friend. And we remember sati and we come back to our friend. Connect with her again. Smilingly, smilingly come back and remember sati, like we, you were together and then you got lost in a crowd and got separated and got pushed around by the crowd and distracted by all the shops you know, around and then, then you see sati again in the distance and smilingly, happily, you come back to your good friend, Sati. And just as you might feel a sense of relief to reconnect with your dear friend, we, you might feel a sense of relief to let go of all those driven thoughts and imaginations and conversations and let go and just come back to the, the calmness, the simplicity of just feeling the breath. And that sense of relief can be a kind of contentment, a happiness that we feel in the mindfulness with breathing, to let go of all the compulsions or, as they arise, let go of the compulsions of the mind and come back and begin again. just the simplicity of being present. And as we do this, there's a calming that happens in the body. Because every time the mind gets caught up and driven around by compulsions and obsessions and habits, worries, so on. You might notice, you might just observe that there's a contraction that happens in the body that goes along with the caught-upness in the mind. And as we come back to the breath, the body relaxes the body becomes more calm. So it's helpful to notice this as well in your practice, to notice how the body becomes calm as you let go and begin again, to just feel this breath.
Does anybody have anything that you'd like to bring up as a question, um, either from your experience in sitting or, or as a, uh, a comment, something that came up for you, or a question about the instruction? My lower back keeps hurting. I'm trying all kinds of shifting. Yeah. <coughs> right. So, um, yeah, it, I mean, it could be, is, it, is this something that you find also in your life, that when you sit, you, you have some lower back pain, yeah. Yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, so are, are you leaning against the back of the chair? I tried. You tried? No, and that, no, you're not, okay. I tried you, leaning, I tried. Yeah, you could, you could. Shifting the pelvis. Yeah. Um, you could try putting um, a cushion behind your lower back. It's a little bit hard um, with those chairs because the cushion tends to fall out. But um, maybe maybe bringing in one of the wooden chairs might uh, be helpful. You could try. I think there's some in the hallway. Yeah. Yeah, so so you might just try that, see 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 if that's helpful. So, yeah, so in the beginning of a retreat, sometimes we need to um, just try different kinds of equipment till we find something that works well. Yeah. Give that a try. As an OT, I could say she needs to elevate her feet. Elevate feet. Well, I think your feet are. To bring on. her feet more higher. Bring her feet higher. To bring her hips into flexion. Okay. Yeah. Mm, I wouldn't say that you're not for meditation. Honestly, I would. I wouldn't say that your knees should be above your. Uh, should be, I think, at the same level. But try it. See, it's worth the try. <laughs> it's not. I mean, you know, there's the instructions, and then there's what works. So, so uh, it's worth a try. And feel free, uh, Stephen, if you want to jump in, like, if you have some thoughts, yeah. I haven't done this for about five decades. <coughs> I don't want to date myself. But what I'm sensing is a cloudiness in my mind. Yeah, good. 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 It's good to notice that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not the good that it's there, it's there. I mean, it's, it's one of the things that we notice in meditation. And it's not that it's just there in meditation, it's there, and then we notice it in meditation. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mental state that is present in our lives. It's not dissimilar to the feeling I get when I smoke marijuana. Okay, so, so that for some, for some people is cloudy for some people when they smoke it's, cl it's clear so it's different experiences but but uh, but in terms of the cloudiness just um, you know as you as you kind of stay we can we can stay with the breathing like but let the breathing kind of shift to the to the background a little bit so it keeps grounding us in the you know our coming back to the present moment, but just kind of turn your attention to the cloudiness and, and bring some interest to it, some curiosity, like oh, there's this cloudiness and what is that experience? You know, Not that you're going to talk about it to yourself, but just like, it's like, um, you know, shining a light into the fog. <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, you see that, okay, this is what the experience of cloudiness is like. This is what the experience of, of mental cloudiness is like. And, um, and actually what happens is that by investigating it, we're sharpening the mind. 
So rather than being in the cloudiness, the, the mind that is, is knowing the cloudiness is not cloudy. The mind that is knowing the cloudiness is actually perceptive and, and sensitive and aware. Do you understand what I'm just saying? No, I'm saying that that the cloudiness is a state. It's a mental state that can you know that people experience. It's, it's people experience mental cloudiness. People experience sadness. People experience mental agitation, anger, all kinds of mental states. And cloudiness is is one state. Mindfulness is a quality of mind that is not cloudy, it's aware. And so by actually kind of shining the light of mindfulness into that state, whatever it is, whether it's sadness or anxiety or cloudiness or a state of feeling resentful, we're not then kind of in that cloudiness or whatever, where we're kind of taking uh, a, the space of awareness and and from that space of awareness we're, we're looking at the cloudiness. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real kind of shift. It's a real learning shift. So I think you'll need to practice it and then maybe, um, you know, when we meet for our interviews, maybe talk, you know, reflect on how it's going. But it's uh, what what I'm inviting you to do is to, you know, explore that. <coughs> what is it like to actually, instead of, you know, just being lost in the cloudiness, kind of, what is this about? This what is this cloudiness? Not what it's about. That, that was the wrong thing, but uh, to say, but. What is it? What is it? What is it like? What does it feel like? This cloudiness. Not to analyze it or, or talk about it, but just, you know, as you would observe a fog, driving through fog. You know, you're just looking at the fog. That's my whole life. So that's a thought about cloudiness. Yeah. And also hold, also hold that in awareness. I guess just bringing uh, the, that mindful attention to whatever's arising, whether it be cloudiness or clarity or sadness or happiness, can be held in uh, mindful awareness. And we can also notice that, that curiosity that Daryl's talking about notice well, what comes up with the cloudiness. Uh, are there thoughts about the cloudiness? Notice if there's any body sensations that are associated with the arising of cloudiness and to, to really get a, um, a sense, a mindful sense of, of that state of mind. It can be, it can be known Yeah, just by, I, just by being mindful of the breath, that does have an effect on the breath. So, but but I I would say you know don't worry about that. Don't get caught up in, you know, am I controlling it? Am I not controlling it? But just you know, uh, just be with the breath and whatever's happening. Um, you know, you might notice as 
as you are uh, deepening attention with the breath, you might notice that there is an unconscious, sometimes unconsciously, we're controlling it, we're contracting it, uh, uh, you know, in some way. You know, it's something I, I recognized, um, you know, like early on in my practice is, uh, you know, as, as I was feeling the whole in-breath and the whole out-breath, and I noticed about you know, two-thirds of the way out of my out-breath that there would be this little contraction that would happen with every out-breath. And, and I thought, oh, look what's happening. I'm not, yeah, it's just a habit. I, where is it? I don't know where it's coming from, but it's something that that I was doing, just kind of catching myself before the whole outbreak. And, and just in a very natural way, what happened was that just by becoming mindful of it, it's like mindfulness brought in this little patch of energy each time, on each outbreath that I began to relax and stop doing that. Uh, it was it was just a, a natural evolution. So, so mindfulness does change our breathing, but we don't need to worry about whether we're controlling or not controlling. Just notice what's happening, and yeah, notice notice the characteristics of the breath. You know, and again, you don't need to put words on it. But if words come, that's okay. I you know some breaths are deep, some breaths are shallow. So it's not, we're not trying to perfect our breath. It's not like in some, some yoga classes, sometimes, you know, there's instruction about perfecting the breath, you know, and breathing a certain way. So it's not, but in meditation, in mindfulness with breathing, we're not, we're not perfecting the breath. We're just developing our mindfulness of it. With it, we're actually develop. It's 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 an object. It's a tool with which we are developing mindfulness. Okay, this is the last one. The lifting, you know, the, the the body shifts unconsciously. There's a lot of shifting, and sometimes, like I, it sounds like what you're saying is very subtle. Yeah, um, but we might, you know, if, if we're if we if we get distracted for a longer period of time, <coughs> like we might notice at a certain point that actually, you know, we're sitting like this with, you know, the shoulders slumped and the head hanging down. And, and then we're probably in some kind of mental state, you know. And so just mindfully, you know, no, and just noticing that <coughs> is really helpful. And then, you know, smilingly <laughs> recognizing, uh, you know, oh, mindfulness has been, you know, lost for the moment and or for a number of moments. And uh, and so come back and lift lift through the spine and and that helps us to reconnect. Okay. Um, so thank you for the questions. And we'll go to walking meditation now. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.